0: back everybody to edge of the rabbit hole i'm author and researcher mike ricksecker with me as always my co hostess victoria monday and down in the chat room alina moderating the chat we have a fantastic show coming up for you tonight les velez is with us he is the co-founder of opus the organization for paranormal understanding and support founded that way back in 1994 he's also an author and is heavily involved with mufon so really looking forward to picking his brain this evening les welcome to the show
1: hey guys thank you very much for having me
0: yeah absolutely it's an absolute pleasure I, i i totally respect uh people like you who uh have you know, put together support for experiencers—people that have, you know, had all of these, uh, you know, wild things happen to them. And you know, I'm I'm an experiencer. Victoria's experienced different things, and I know a lot of other experiencers. So, uh, for you to have founded an organization—that's you know, back in '94—that's a while back—and um, and providing that support for people is is amazing. And so, I, I want to thank you for that, and and ask you—you know—we'll get right into it. Tell us about Opus. <laughs>
1: Okay. Well, you know, it's interesting how, how it came about, you know, uh, probably the, the thing to do would be to back up even further from the, uh, original founding date in 1994. Uh, when I was 11 years old, I saw something, uh, this is when I lived in Connecticut and, uh, it was an October evening and, uh, uh I was coming back into the house and, uh, I noticed this object uh, over a tree line. It was not making any noise at all, no sound. It was uh, oval in shape and, and kind of whitish in color and uh, uh it just, you know, slowly drifted, you know, over the tree line and then passed into the uh area uh, behind the house and into the, you know, finally uh, disappearing. Uh, and uh it scared the hell out of me. I, I had no idea what it was. And so uh, right, when I got into the house, I tried to get my father to come out. And, uh, well, by the time I did get him to come out, it was gone. And he said, well, it was probably just a beacon of light reflecting off a cloud. And, uh, but I didn't buy that. <laughs> and, uh, soon thereafter, I went to the library and started to look up books on UFOs. And, uh, Back in those days, uh, this is the late 50s, uh, Georgia Adamski was uh, the prominent uh, ufologist, if you will. Uh, and uh, so I started reading his books and I was totally hooked. And uh, shortly thereafter, uh, you know, it was like, uh, you know, I, I was trying to get as much, uh, you know, literature as possible uh, regarding the subject and trying to understand it. but after a while it, it, it kind of just kind of faded it was like somebody th- you know threw the switch in the opposite direction you know from being on to off and uh you know well, well you were a, a young little... guy
0: back then life probably happened right
1: oh yeah exactly you know girls <laughs> became a little bit more important in my life right <laughs> and, uh, darn it <laughs> you know but uh anyway uh and then you know i i you know, graduated from high school uh, and then went off to college and uh, eventually uh, got married and uh, went into the service for a while and uh, uh, came out of the service and then eventually moved out to California in 1985. Um, and I picked up the San Jose Mercury News one day and Stanton Freeman, a uh, nuclear physicist uh, who recently passed away, uh, uh gave a a lecture uh, in his inimitable style uh, that was fascinating in talking about UFOs and the government cover-up. And this was at San Jose City College. And I expected to see a handful of people there, but the the auditorium was packed. And on my way out, uh, MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network that was established in 1969 uh, by a couple of engineers down in Seguin, Texas, um, had a table. And they were talking about their monthly journal. And uh, so I decided, okay, I'm going to get this journal because I want to, you know, it was like somebody threw a switch again. You know, it's like it was off and now it's on again. And so I started to get that. And after a while, it was like, uh, this is not enough, folks. I got to get more involved. So I found out that they had a field investigator training course. And so I decided to do that, and I became a field investigator. That's when things got interesting. Um, almost without exception, the cases that I got involved with were uh, not only sightings, but uh, people were telling me that they had contact with non-human intelligences. <laughs> and so, um, you know, that that to me was was the beginning of, of a very interesting journey. Uh, and these people would ask me if I knew of other people having similar experiences. And I said, yes, I do. And so the next thing I know I'm facilitating a support group in San Jose, California. <laughs> and that's when I started to hear things that I'd never heard before. And uh, none of the books that I had read up to that point. And um, this is the early nineties. And uh the the cases were just <clears throat> phenomenal that you know that they were telling me, and one of the cases that uh, uh, was a couple, uh, they uh, they were amateur pilots actually, and they were picnicking in a uh, a, a state park uh, north of Santa Cruz, and uh, they were coming out of the park. It was getting to be dusk, and uh, they noticed this light over the ocean, uh, Pacific Ocean, and this light started to get bigger and bigger and bigger until it was over their head. And it was a triangular craft. And this craft made no sound whatsoever and silently moved past them into this canyon and just sat there. And then he noticed another light over the ocean and this light got bigger and bigger and bigger and it was over their head finally And the first craft, you know, they felt they were looking at it. The second craft, they felt it was looking at them and they got, they became frightened. And uh, this craft again moved into the canyon behind them. And this happened five more times. There was a total of seven craft that were in this canyon and they were in this horizontal position, just kind of slowly hovering and moving like this. And uh, then they went horizontally lined oh, up interesting and then they went around a corner but there was no corner and <laughs> they just disappeared. Oh. Well at that point uh, they they've decided to, to leave and this part of the park is 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 it's uh, got quite a bit of elevation and they were coming down out of there and even during the day this is a difficult passage to go through. And they felt like they were on automatic pilot, and they kind of felt like they were drifting down out of there. And then the next thing they know, three hours later, they're in this restaurant, uh, which is only five to ten minutes away from where this park is, um, and they have no recollection of how they got there. And so they had this three hours of missing time, and uh, so they, time
0: experience, yeah,
1: they, yeah, and they showed up at one of the support group meetings. And they started to show the group pictures that they had taken of their body, that they had developed a rash after this experience. And almost without exception in the group that day, they all said that they had a similar rash after one of their experiencers. And then one of the people in the group said, well, I know what that's from. And because they had gone to two different doctors and the doctors couldn't tell them what, what, what was going on or why, mm-hmm. what this rash was. I mean, there's a lot of poison oak in this area, poison ivy, but it wasn't that. And this person said, well, it's a reaction to the fluid that they dip you in when they bring you on board the craft to sanitize you. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, 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 uh, yeah, uh, anyway, um, that I mean, that that was the kind of stories that's and, mm-hmm. and by the way, this this is uh, one of the stories that I, I talk about in, in my book, The Unknown Other and the Existential Proposition of Alien Contact, um, and, and which, uh, by the way, Linda Moulton Howe did the forward uh, to it. And oh, I've fantastic. Known, yeah, I've known Linda for quite a, quite a f- few years and uh, uh, actually is a good friend. So uh, I'm really happy that uh, uh, she was able to uh, do that forward for me. Um, so anyway, um, I I was written up in a in a uh, Monterey Coast Weekly paper uh, and, uh, and uh, about what I was doing with Mufon and uh, mm-hmm. uh, this woman who was also written up in the article calls me afterwards and says. I would really like your help to understand what's going on with my brain waves when I'm in in contact with these uh, non-human intelligences. And so I kind of said to myself, you know, like, how the heck am I going to help this person? And uh, so I didn't think too much about it until she said that she was working with an emergency room doctor down in Carmel. And uh, that right away triggered something in me because I had a friend by the name of Dr. Eugene Lipson, who is also the co-founder with me of Opus, uh, that he was interested in connecting with other doctors uh, that were interested in the phenomena. So we uh, I finally convinced him, I said, you know, we need to go down and talk to this lady and see what we can possibly do. And so we. We ended up going down there uh, to, to meet with her. And as we walked in, uh, we noticed there was this picture on a wall. And she's standing on the back of this rather large vessel. And uh, I said, you know, where is this? What are you doing? She says, well, it's down in the Caribbean. And I'm, I'm helping these treasure hunters uh, find treasure. I said, really? Uh, how, how are you doing that? She says, well, I was in contact with the uh, captain of the galleon that had gone down. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so <laughs> that was the beginning of an Was the captain
0: still with the galleon?
1: I, well, I don't know where he was, but the, <laughs> the bottom line was that somehow she was in contact with him. And mm-hmm. um, uh, so <laughs> we found out later that after a near-death experience that she had had, uh, that she became very psychic and uh, she had all these abilities that uh, came about after that and so we spent an afternoon with her and she was telling us stuff about ourselves that no one could possibly know about us i mean i didn't know her from adam my doctor friend didn't know her And, and and so we came away from that afternoon saying how can we help people like this uh and so opus the organization for paranormal understanding and support was hatched that afternoon and uh great thank you for that uh um, yeah, and and so um you know we put put together a team of people uh to uh, uh you know Put this organization together. We're a 501c3 uh, nonprofit organization uh, uh, based in California. And, uh, you know, we, we've basically been trying to help people having paranormal experiences, which is very broad based uh it's mm-hmm. not just uh, contact with non-human intelligences. it can be uh you know spiritual awakening kundalini awakening uh poltergeist activity things of that nature but as it turned out for whatever reason we've been so in, uh, in, involved with people you know having the contact experience you know with extraterrestrials yeah. or you know or is it interdimensional or is it time travelers or is the military or as I We're believe, a little bit of both,
0: <laughs> all <laughs> the above,
1: all the yeah, above, yeah. whatever you can possibly think of is, is what it is. And uh, so, um, you know, we, we've had a, have a network, a referral network of uh, therapists that we can uh, point people to. And we also have an online support group, which is totally confidential. The only people that are in there are, are are people that uh, we vet and uh, bring into the group and then nobody from the outside can see their conversations and they are talking 24 7 and we have over 300 people in the group that are talking you know 24 7 from all around the world we you know this is a phenomenon that's not just based in the united states it's worldwide and yes. uh you know the roper organization back in 1992 um You know, they said uh, in that poll that uh, was uh, commissioned by uh, Bud Hopkins and uh, David Jacobs and funded by uh, Robert Bigelow, uh, that there was like 6 million people in the United States that probably had an experience. And uh, just extrapolate now, you know, to this day and then around the world, how many people have been contacted. I think probably the majority of people in the world have been contacted, but they may not know it
0: yeah i i would agree with that real quick uh, i have to recognize a five dollar super sticker from jeanette kim so thank you very much jeanette absolutely appreciate that she's a member of the connected universe portal and um yeah i would agree with you i I think it's a lot more people and uh, you know going back to something you said a little while ago um you know something that's great about your organization is people coming together and realizing you're not alone in all this. So many other people have experienced these sorts of things, whether it is paranormal or you know, UFO uh, abductee, something spiritual. We're all having these various types of experiences.
1: Absolutely. It, 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 is, it is a phenomena that, uh, unfortunately, you know, the uh, mainstream uh, mental health community is, is not uh, tuned into as they should be. Um, but you said you have some therapists working for you yes we do we yeah. do and there are people that are tuned in and the un- unfortunate part is that there's not enough yeah. uh and, and and so that's that's matter of fact i'm in the process of doing just that we w- matter of fact it's an on- ongoing uh basis that we are reaching out to various uh people and uh, i called six people yesterday and I got three three people that called me back and said they'd be very happy to be part of it. And again, this is this is something too that these people have a hard time with, uh, with uh, you know, especially licensed and certified people uh, that uh, their uh, governing agencies don't look upon this as as something that they would like to have their people involved with. Uh, yeah. So a lot of them are very reticent about, uh, you know, advertising that fact uh, that they would would be happy or willing to deal with uh, people like this. Uh, you know, right away, people are said, OK, well, we're just going to send them psychiatrists and give them drugs you know, <laughs> to take care of the problem. So there's a
0: fine line that they have to kind of toe
1: there yeah it is and and so it's it's difficult but i think things are starting to open up i mean you know you look at the uap report that came out in june from the federal government Mm -hmm. uh you know and, and and so i think that uh um uh you know the next next step is is that this uh you know abduction phenomena gets more Gets more, um, uh, you know, people to really look at it in a in a in a, in a way that that's necessary to better understand it. And I think our federal government actually is already doing that, but not on a on a, you know uh, an outward basis, if you will. Uh, they, they don't want to tell. I, as a matter of fact, I know, <clears throat> for instance, uh, Gary Nolan from Stanford University and uh, Kit Green, <clears throat> excuse me, from. Uh, uh, you know, has been involved with the CIA and other organizations, um, have been talking to uh, abductees and uh, experiencers uh, ab- about their uh, situations. And uh, uh, so I think that's getting filtered uh, back. And, uh, you know, <laughs> but I think as far as, you know, coming out, uh, you know, to the public uh, is, is we're, we're not not there yet
0: not quite i mean they at least <laughs> recognize hey there are things in the sky we can't explain and that seems like a very very small baby step but i guess it's at least something
1: <laughs> yeah right exactly
0: so victoria I, i've been kind of taking the questions here so you want to go ahead
2: i have several questions but they're not connected so there it's the unconnected universe go for it <laughs> I sure guess you get <laughs> okay um has Opus ever or do you um, like map the when and where the people were abducted to see if there's any sort of correlation, like 10 people were in Kentucky and they all saw this and they were abducted or anything like that?
1: Well, <clears throat> as far as uh, Opus, uh, no, we don't do that. But MUFON does. Oh, okay. MUF, MUF, MUFON definitely does that. They, they map this stuff where, uh, 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 you know, uh, happenings are, are occurring. Uh, and they, they have a map that I believe that you can uh, go onto their site at MUFON.com and you can actually uh, pull up a map of the, the latest uh, incidents.
2: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was studying Tableau and I saw things like that, like Bigfoot sightings and UFO sightings. But mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, did you ever read Fate magazine when you were a kid or a youngster?
1: actually I, I i met the uh founder of fate magazine many oh. many moons ago and uh yeah I, actually i was written up in that again oh. I, I, I don't remember when this <laughs> is like i say many <laughs> moons ago so uh, was, but I yeah reading, are, it's a great magazine
2: are the stories that they Fate put in their magazine is, are they is there any grain of truth to them or are they just like because i love fate when i was reading when i was growing no
1: up. I, I i absolutely i think that uh, you know what is truth? Uh, that's, you know,
2: we, perception. We, we, you know. Yeah. Uh,
1: we, we have stories that we tell, just like I just told you a little while ago about that couple. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and those are the kind of things that uh, people talk about. And, you know, is it true? Uh, for those people, it's very true. Uh, and, and, you know, like John Mack talks about the fact that something has happened to these people. And they don't have a psychopathology. And so the big question is, what is it? And that's the part that we, you know, we don't, we do not understand. And I, you know, again, we can only conjecture about things. We can throw out ideas as far as what, what these things are. You know, uh, people talk about hybrids. They talk about implants. They talk about marks on the body. They, you know, they talk about how, how, the craft looks and on the inside you know i mean there's so much to this you know you're at the edge of the rabbit hole but when you go down the rabbit hole
2: (laughs) there's no getting out yeah (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's a whole nother that's a whole nother story
2: yeah i've um seen two ufos and possibly met an et if you want to call it that um, when I was a child, so how do I know I'm cause I wake up in the mornings and I'll have like, I woke up this morning. I have a huge bruise on my arm. I don't know where that came from. And, um, I woke up one night and all my shoes were pointing toe to toe to toe all the way across the wall. How do I know I'm not sleepwalking or am I sleepwalking or could I possibly be going somewhere while I'm asleep and I'm not aware of it? I mean, how, how can you tell the difference?
1: Well, it's difficult. It's difficult, um, okay. you know. If you if you, if you have okay. if you have a camera, if you have a camera set up uh, that you could uh, take of yourself at night, that would help. Uh, and you know, some people do that. I mean, they actually, you know, have. Uh, uh, you know, recordings of what's going on at night. You know, in the in the bedroom, <laughs> and and so uh, I mean, no, you no. Don't you don't want that. <laughs>
2: no. Okay, that's another but, rabbit hole. Yeah. but <laughs> oh, that
1: no, that might be something that you know you could certainly find out right away uh, okay. if if that's something that you're doing, or is it something else that's going on? I mean, there's there's been some unbelievable uh, uh, videos taken of a uh, couple that were asleep and all of a sudden the woman, you see the covers on the woman's side of the bed rise up and a woman just disappears and there's, you know, it becomes flat where she was. And then a little while later in the video, all of a sudden, again, the sheets rise up and she's back in the bed. And there's no, there's no missing time on the tape or anything. And and so, you know, these are the types of things that happen with people as far as uh, the abduction phenomenon that, uh, you know, they, they basically, uh, you know, take your, your, your atoms and disassemble you and then bring you wherever they want to and then reassemble you later. Uh, Yeah. It's, You know, There's no definitive answer on any of this, unfortunately, and uh, the only thing that you can do is to understand that you're not alone, <laughs> this is <Yeah. laughs> happening to a that's lot good. of other people.
2: Hmm. Well, um, that's another question I was going to ask you. Um, I had a friend, this is, oh, I don't want to make this about me, but. That's um, <laughs> all right. Go for Go it. No, um, I won't, when I, only I charge you a hundred bucks. No, I'm only <laughs> send, send the bill to Mike, um, okay. Mike Ricksecker. Oh, there we go. Care <laughs> of Ohio. Is that where you're living, Ohio. Ohio? Um, yeah. When I was two, I think I met an ET and uh-huh. she came into my bedroom and she goes, my mom and sister were fighting and she goes, you're not like them. You're one of us. I'm like, okay. And she said it again. And then she disappeared. Never thought about, you know, I never told anyone. I told my mom and she just yeah, you know, dismissed me. What did she um, look like? What does she look like? Honestly, at that time, I was two. And so she looked like one of the fairy godmothers from um, Sleeping Beauty. That oh, was my frame okay. of reference. So mm-hmm. I wasn't scared of her. I can't tell you which, which fairy yeah. godmother she was. Um, and I never told any of my friends or anything like that. I've kept mm-hmm. that to myself for years. Now, last summer, I reconnected with uh, my childhood best friend. She's 11 days older than I am. She lived a block away. And I told her that story and she goes, you know, I was abducted when I was two. I'm like, oh, no, you weren't. You know? And so oh, we start comparing. God. Oh, my goodness. Our fathers worked together and we don't know where they worked together. My dad was in the army and he uh-huh. guarded missiles in Washington and her dad was in World War II and he saw UFOs. Uh-huh. So, I mean, is that something that's, well, I don't want to say common, um, but we both had positive experiences. Um, yeah. do people have like the Stockholm syndrome where they think, you know oh, you know, I like um, I like those guys. I'm not afraid of them. Well, <laughs>
1: yeah, well a lot, of, lo- yes. Stockholm syndrome is very common, uh, especially in the later uh, uh, stages of the abductions where it stops, and then people mm-hmm. wonder, well, why is it stopping? You know, i I'd, I'd like to continue, right. and like 70 to 80 percent of people that have been abducted. Uh, or had this type of experience, wanted to continue. It's only a small percentage of people that wanted to stop. Uh, and, you know, in your case, too, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, if there was fighting going on, there's, there's, there's trauma, there's stress. And, and that le- leads to a level of dissociation that opens people up to uh, receiving things like that um and i i think those intelligence are very uh very much attuned to those types of things and that's when they come in so uh yeah you're you're, you're you've you've had a very real experience and, uh, that's so, good to know yeah. um
2: because that always made me feel better when i didn't feel like i was fitting in I'm like well i'm one of them i'm not one of you guys <laughs> um, but the other time i saw a ufo um and i didn't put this together till like two years ago um, was when I was pregnant, mm-hmm. and then so when I did my regression last year with um, Ariana, I was like, "Well, why were they there?" And she goes, "Oh, well, they were just watching." That's what we figured out. So, is that something they do? They just kind of watch people throughout their lives, or do oh, yeah. they take take them and uh, poke out abso- them? Or- <laughs>
1: absolutely, no. Yeah, they they seem to have an affinity to do things like that, uh, where they they continue to monitor people uh for whatever reason you know whether it's something that they you know they talk about uh you know the manipulation of our dna and things like that uh that they might have done you know eons ago uh because i I certainly believe that they've been here as long as man has been here uh, and uh you know doing their thing and so you know these things are are are, you know they They follow families you know it's Mm -hmm. like do you know if your mother or your father or your grandparents or had experiences because most likely they have?
2: My most dad likely. did.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, so when I he
2: mean- he was yeah, he was guarding a missile during um the Korean War mm-hmm. and there was like a flight of birds coming over from the east. So I guess that would be like Russia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they picked yeah. up on their, you know, they picked them up on their radar and they were about to deploy the missiles, yeah. and all of a sudden they disappeared. Yeah. So those bird birds went away. So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah.
1: you know, ex- these, these things follow families and, uh, you know, indigenous people, military people, uh, seem to be very common, uh, uh, targets, if you will, of, of, of them for whatever reason. Uh, and we, again, we don't, you know, understand that you, you, something, uh, I got to tell you this quick little story. Um, one of the support group meetings, uh, uh, one of the people in the group says, I've seen you before. I said, oh, where? at a UFO conference, grocery store. No, no, I saw you on board a craft. Oh, I said, really? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So I I blew it off. I, I didn't think much of it. And uh, about a year and a half, two years later, another person said, hey, I've seen you before. I said, really? Where? You know, UFO conference, uh, grocery store. No, no, no. I saw you on board this craft. You were sitting on this bench naked and you were freaking out. And they told me to go over to you to calm you down. Well, at that point I decided, okay, I'm going to go get regressed. And uh, so I, I went to three separate therapists and got regressed. And I did not have anything, uh, you know, likened to, uh, Alien, you know, abduction type stuff or, or being on board a craft or anything like that. But I had multiple past lives, multiple yeah. past lives. Yeah. And so someone uh, I talked to more recently said, well, maybe you were actually abducted in a past life. And oh. uh, mm-hmm. one of the one of the stories, a matter of fact, I have 25 stories in the uh, book uh, that I recently wrote, uh, uh, from the, uh, people in the support group. Uh, and one of those people talks about the aliens talking about reincarnation and the fact that, uh, you know, this is something that follows you, you know, in various lifetimes. And so, and that gets back to the whole thing about, we don't really die folks. You know, the the soul continues to move, you know, our energy continues to uh, go on. And uh, so if that's the case, I mean, anything is possible.
2: Anything is possible.
0: And I I love that. Go ahead, Victoria. I
2: just have one more question. Um, Okay. If there's however many, do we want to call them uh, species or races or types of alien entities Whichever the correct term is, races. Um, why do we always see the grays? I mean, why don't we see all the other people?
1: Well, actually, now that that's a good question, um, I I have a funny answer for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I it seems like every time the grays are involved, which they seem to be involved almost without you know exception in all the cases. There is also the reptilian type uh, entities. There seems mm-hmm. to be the mantis type uh, entities. There seems to be the Nordic type entities. There seems a military type entities. And so someone told me the other days, it's almost like there's an iPhone store out there for grays where all these other races <laughs> go and pick up a gray and they utilize them uh because they're afraid to get involved with us because we're, we're violent. And I I've had stories from people in the support group that have talked about biting the greys, ripping arms off the greys. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, and, and, and so I I can see why these other intelligence are afraid to interact with us in, in in that kind of way in other words being abducted and putting on a table and then you know being brought back uh because you know we are a violent breed and and so we 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 tend to uh, you know lash out and to try to stop these things uh, typically <laughs> so,
2: so are the grays like the worker bees or the, the AI yeah robots? yeah that seems Drums. to be that case yeah <laughs>
1: yeah okay. biological drones if you will yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. very
2: interesting okay i'm done so we have
0: a bunch of questions that have come <laughs> in from the chat i do want to get to some of these now uh, we'll take a few and then uh we'll, we'll get back to our questions you guys can of course always throw more chat or more questions down there from the chat um you guys kind of touched on this a little bit earlier it's from betty langy is it always an abduction or have people gone willingly
1: well, yeah, I, I think the initial phase of, of these uh, processes—it's uh, uh, it, probably probably more uh, attuned to an abduction, uh, but it's it's how or what is involved with the abduction. In other words, is it an entity that seems to be uh, benevolent uh, as opposed to malevolent, uh, and you have both. You know just like here on earth we have good people and we have bad people and we got the same thing going on up there uh or wherever that is this other reality uh that we have you know good ones and we have bad ones and even within the races there are good ones and bad ones uh so yeah it depends on you know that initial phase whether it's it's a good one or a bad one and then generally speaking however as i mentioned earlier 70 to 80 percent of the people find that these experiences are uh, positive and they don't want them to stop. But then the remaining 20 to 25 percent are, you know, want it to stop.
0: Yeah, I think you make a great point because it seems like people try to really, really generalize extraterrestrials as mm-hmm. it, it, they'll either try to demonize them all, or they'll try to say, Oh, they're all benevolent where it's, you know, you, you get a mix of just like you said, with, with humans, you know, some people are good. Some people are bad. And yeah, you
1: the Bud Hopkins is of the world and the David Jacobs is all in the negative uh, camp. And then the, 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 uh, the Greer's of the world are, you know, in the, in the positive, uh, everything's positive. Well, I, I don't believe, you know, that's the case. Uh, I, I think it's a combination. Uh, you have good ones and you've got bad ones. And so, you know, if you hooked up for whatever reason with a bad one, you know, uh, you know, I feel sorry for you, but, uh, yeah. it, it and that's going to be your perspective. Yeah. 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 So hmm. uh,
0: a couple more questions here from the chat. And just want to say, I absolutely agree with you, by the way, it's a mix. <laughs> um, from judy wilson this would pop up here here we go um kind of the question a lot of people have why do you think the ets haven't come out to the world and say here we are you know, why are they still so secretive
1: yeah i i think i think that um uh... If you believe Haim Meshed, that, uh, that high ranking general uh, out of Israel that recently wrote a book, which unfortunately hasn't been translated into English, but uh, during a, uh, con- a, a conference, a news conference, basically talked about the fact that the aliens are here, uh, but they're not making themselves known because they believe we are not ready uh to accept the fact that we we are they are here uh and evidently there's bases on mars bases on the moon and that they are working with our governments uh, not just the u.s but the world governments so um, it, it, you know and i've heard that that, that said before that uh, you know uh, but i think maybe 70% of the the population would accept it and not have a problem with it but then there's a 30% that might have a real issue with the fact yeah. that they are here uh <laughs> yeah
0: you know and, and cuz i i have that same quandary right now myself you know what okay what the question would be okay what would make us ready cuz most people i think you know, would say yes there's other intelligent life out there in the universe but then we also see how people panic when you know something you know with a a pandemic or what have you happens and all the toilet paper gets you know taken off the shelves (laughs) so (laughs) so what would make us ready do you think
1: yeah I, i you know I think that there's a process going on right now to make us ready. I mean, the first step is like now that our government coming out and saying that UAPs are real. We you know, we, we don't think they're the Russians or the Chinese and and we can't say that they're the aliens, but we can't say that they're not the aliens. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's a big fact. That's that's a big step. And and so I think, you know, eventually the next step is that the people that are having these more personal experiences will, will come out and that the government will present that in a way that, uh, you know, is, is going to be palatable uh, to the, to the majority of people. It's, it's a dicey type of a thing, however, because, you know um, if a person says, well, yeah, I've been contacted by the aliens and they, they, they tell this to their, 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 their company that they work for. And next thing they know, they don't have a job uh, because they think you're cuckoo, Uh, you know, and, and, and so that is part of the the issue, I think. And I think the, you know, these intelligence understand that, that there has to be a, a more, you know, well-designed process that they just can't you know show up on the you know white house lawn like uh, the day the earth stood still and and tell people (laughs) we're here uh because i think there will be a a lot of issues uh, surrounding that it's so it's a step-by-step process and a desensitization process i think that, that that's going on and eventually it'll happen but hopefully in our lifetimes
0: yeah i hope so and you know there's a lot of people point at the the Berkins report but i mean that was 50 years ago um and, and do you think you know hollywood hollywood has had a good hand in trying to desensitize that or desensitize well, us uh,
1: well <laughs> you know the, the you know the uh, certainly uh oh, gosh uh, the uh uh the movie that uh came out uh, years ago uh close I'm, encounters uh, close encounters yeah <laughs> just blanked out on it um <laughs> uh, that, that uh, you know came out that was that was great but then there's other movies like the sign <laughs> you know yeah that came out you know this alien <laughs> killing people and everything <laughs> you know that's not so good uh but at the same time i mean it's it's somewhat of a balance i mean you know they could be good they could be bad mm-hmm. uh you know and i think you know, as we talked about earlier, that it's a combination I think we have some good ones, we have bad ones. And of course there's, there's people talking about the fact that the good ones are trying to protect us, um, and, and, and keep these bad ones, uh, from doing what they, they want to do, which is to, uh, basically take over this planet.
0: Yeah. And then you hear reports of, uh, you know, ET sharing knowledge, which I think is, is wonderful. So, um, question here from robert hannah uh does he believe any military involvement in any of these ufo experiences
1: oh yes <laughs> and i yeah. think i said that earlier too is that yeah you, know, is, you did is it is it time travelers interdimensional is it mm-hmm. extraterrestrial or is it a military and certainly there's been a lot of uh, cases where people talk about the fact that they've seen military people on board these craft And uh, I don't know if uh, you're familiar with the book uh, called Rachel's Eyes. Uh, It's about a woman whose daughter actually went to school, Humboldt College, uh, with a hybrid. And uh, the military was very much involved with bringing her specialized food. And and so this gentleman that asked that question should read that book and (laughs) talk about the military being involved big time, Rachel's Eyes.
0: There you go. Robert. No. Rachel's eyes.
2: Okay. So you mentioned hybrid. This, this is my jumping in point hybrid. Yes. Okay. Of um, yeah, course. Like I'm, I heard
0: it. I heard hybrid.
2: My life is kind of weird now that I think about it back in the nineties. We had a new age shop and the lady said, I can draw your spirit guide. I'm like, okay, well, I kind of want to know what my spirit guide looks like. And if it's not real, then I get this really nice picture. Um, and so she started drawing mine and she goes oh oh you're from and she starts telling me what planet system i'm from and she goes oh yeah you have alien dna in you i'm like no ma'am i'm from texas i'm I'm not alien (laughs) but you know (laughs) look looking back it might have been anyway um she goes no no you misunderstand like millennia ago and she was saying it was the Pleiadians, but i don't know um they came and they interbred with humans and so technically you have extraterrestrial dna in your DNA chain. I mean, is that something you hear about a lot or uh, the hybrids? Or are they just like, Yeah, I mean, a matter of fact, I'm going
1: to, I talk about it in the book. Or
2: are they just like, the, or the Nordic aliens walking around, you know, just looking very fit and you
1: know, well, judging I, us
2: all.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, you know, the, the hybrid thing is, is, is a interesting uh, uh, question because You know, uh, Gary Nolan from Stanford University talks about that and the fact that it's very difficult to understand what a hybrid is because supposedly, supposedly, we don't have any DNA from an alien to compare. Um, However, uh, there are people that talk about the fact that they've been told that they're during their experiences, that they are a hybrid. Uh, matter of fact, I, I I knew a person by the name of Cynthia Crawford, who has since passed away, uh, who definitely believed that she was a hybrid. She's written written up in a number of uh, books, um, and her organs were totally in different places in her body. Um, mm-hmm. So you know is that a freak of nature? Or is that something that was actually planned uh, by this hybridization process? You know, we don't know. Uh, But uh, there seems to be um, a plan afoot uh, by the aliens to do this hybridization process uh, in order to uh, either save their own uh, civilization in some way, or to eventually, uh, possibly, uh, you know, take over uh, the planet by very peaceful means, if you will. <laughs> because if we all become hybrids and we all we all are them, then uh, there's no guns being drawn or anything like that. Uh, so it's a, it's it's another question that we don't have a definitive answer for.
2: Do you think like the Nordics um, are walking around? Because I've heard they look almost like humans. Well, they say the
1: hybrids, the the, the, uh, matter of fact, uh, David Jacobs' uh, last book, uh, he talks about uh, the hybrids, that uh, these things are so uh, hybridized that you cannot tell them from you and I. And, you know, so you may be a hybrid. uh, Mike may, may be a hybrid. <laughs> oh, Mike, maybe, Mike, definitely is. Mike definitely, definitely Mike.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, and you know, these types of conversations always you know make me wonder. I mean, you kind of touched on it there for a moment. Are, are they trying to save their civilization? Are they uh-huh. en route here from somewhere else, just trying to find maybe a new home? You know, but have we done the same thing? And at some point, we're going to have to do that ourselves because this solar systems no. at some point it's done it's gone so we're going to have to uh try to save ourselves at some point so you know are we just kind of skipping around the universe and are these other you know civilizations and other uh extraterrestrials are they doing that as well
1: oh it's absolutely possible uh you know they you know some scientists talk about the fact well our physics doesn't allow that you know you can't possibly come here from so far away you know it would take you know eons to do that and well that's that's an understanding of physics that uh, they may have but the bottom line is that there's other physics that uh, we don't understand and i had an opportunity to uh talk to lou elizondo uh, two years ago before COVID hit and uh had lunch with him, actually, uh, with a uh, a member of our advisory board, uh, Terry Lovelace, uh, who's an abductee.
0: We've had Terry on before, yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, so he's part of our organization as well. And uh, in a conversation with Lou, you know, we talked about the fact that, uh, you know, they they, they pretty much understand how these uh, craft operate. And that was an unbelievable revelation to me. uh, That's a combination of what the skin of the craft is made out of and a very uh, small energy source, uh, not uh, element 115 uh, that Lazar talks about, but uh, they say they they don't need that. Um, So anyway, if that's the case, I, I definitely believe that our our scientific community uh, knows a hell of a lot more than they're talking about. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, um, Elon Musk is, uh, talk, keeps talking about, you know, his starship and going to Mars and things like that. I think these guys know a lot more than they're letting on that, you know, maybe we're going to need to do that in order to survive. Uh I, uh, this is an interesting story. I uh, saw an article uh, about a woman, uh, uh, a clairvoyant. Uh, That was in Bulgaria who died in 1968, but she had, she had made prophecies about various things happening. And one of the prophecies she had made uh, was about the fact in the year 2027, an asteroid would hit the earth and that would be guided by aliens to us. Okay. And I got, so I, I sent that that article to Linda Howe, and shortly thereafter she sent me an article that was written by NASA at a conference in 2017 that said, and the title of which was like Asteroid Hits Earth in 2027, and in print in big blocks it says exercise only. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and I'm going okay, you know, maybe that's why all this stuff is ramping up. Maybe something is going to happen that we need to, uh, you know, be prepared for. Get the hell off uh, this planet. So, who knows?
0: Yeah, because it seems like things have really been ramping up over the last few years. Um, I know that um, you know, Orbital Assembly Corporation has uh, a plan in place to get a at least a space hotel up there. Uh, by they're looking to launch 2025. Last I heard, so mm-hmm. you're seeing a lot of these things start to really move, yeah, and right. you know, and and I believe it's the you know the first step to us have you know getting off the planet and colonizing the universe because I believe we have to, and and like you, I don't believe it's just you know us in our, you know, current Newtonian physics that, you know, the extraterrestrials have figured other means in order to be able to travel here. And they have billions of years of a head start on us anyway.
1: Oh yeah.
2: Hmm.
0: So, um, go ahead, Victoria.
2: I was going to say, are they in the hollow earth?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, people talk about (laughs) the reptilians being down there inside the earth. So, uh, and that—that's something that uh, also Shedd, that general, uh, talks about. That uh, the the reptilians are, you know, creatures of the earth.
2: But you see all the UFO. Well, maybe you don't see all the UFOs. You hear stories of UFOs diving into the water. I mean, oh yes, they're going somewhere.
1: Okay. Yeah, there's there's that you know that supposedly based off of San Diego that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That would be a fun trip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we have a little less than 10 minutes left in the show. I do want to oh, yeah. uh, open sure. up if you guys have any more uh, questions uh, from the chat room. I know we do have one from our uh, chat moderator, Alina, which I'll get to in just a second. But I want to uh, show here oh. if it would come up. Come on. Well, now, now the system doesn't.
1: It's, there. it's
0: not popping up on my end. Okay. Well, oh. and. There we go.
1: There you got $10 and, from somebody. Yeah,
0: and Anthony has a $10 uh, super chat. Thank you for talking, ETs. So, uh, well, thank you uh, very, very much for this super chat. Absolutely appreciate that. So, and then the question from, from Alina, my system's doing weird stuff. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, so, Alina asks Do you think extra- extraterrestrial beings can make themselves look like shadow people, or do they have no reason to hide when they show themselves?
1: oh no Uh, they they, they've uh they seem to do a lot of different things Uh, they can create uh, false memories Uh, they can create uh, screen memories Uh, they can uh, they seem to have the ability to uh, uh, transmute themselves into whatever the heck they want uh, based on what what you're thinking and you know what a lot of times they they'll they'll Uh, you know turn themselves into an owl or a deer or something uh, you know or as you say a a shadow person versus uh, uh, a gray Uh, they have that ability for you know uh, which is uh, uh, quite remarkable.
0: Yeah you hear a lot of the reports about owls can you expand on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, it seems to be a common thing where people that have had experiences talk about, well, I saw this six-foot owl, you know, but uh, there aren't any six-foot owls, not that I'm aware of, anyway, (laughs) in this world. So, uh, But uh, for whatever reason, uh, you know, it seems to be maybe uh, something that uh, is uh, non-threatening, you know, or a deer. Uh, I have one of the board members of opus uh, had an experience near mount shasta and uh, with her husband and uh, they uh, they were uh, surrounded uh, late one night by some deer which turned out to be not deer Uh, (laughs) as it turned out later under regression that uh, uh, you know on a conscious level she thought they were deer but they weren't deer uh so uh you know these these things are are very common absolutely very common
0: yeah and you hear places like mount shasta where there seems to be a lot more activity What what do you think is so attractive about some of these specific locations like that
1: well, you hear stories about the fact that there's a base under under shasta mm-hmm. uh you know and and there's places like sedona arizona the uh boynton canyon uh there's an entrance supposedly there and i've actually spent a number of nights there in boynton canyon and uh, i i hiked around but I didn't find anything, but that doesn't mean it wasn't there. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of uh, interesting places. I mean, you got the Skinwalker Ranch, and now uh, the Blind Frog uh, Ranch is another right. one near, near there, sixty miles, I guess, uh, uh, from the Skinwalker Ranch. That they're they're having all kinds of interesting things going on. Uh, yeah, there's there seems to be a lot of uh, of places that have that kind of energy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Victoria, you had started with a question a moment ago.
2: That well, was a minute ago. Uh, escape you.
0: OK. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> anyway, um, well, I lived in Arizona for a while. And of course, like all true Arizonians, I had a convertible. I was driving down the freeway one day and I saw a UFO fly over. It was during the day you know traffic everywhere no one seemed to notice but me is that something Hmm. you've heard of like oh yeah like okay she can see it but nobody else can yeah
1: that that again is a very common thing that uh people that are supposed to see it see it but also i think that there could be a a physical ability uh for people that you may have uh uh, your uh, visual range may be uh Greater than uh, you know the this I wouldn't I don't want to say normal, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, I'm
2: not normal. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> Beyond normal,
1: yeah. That that you have an expanded range of uh, you know that your 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 visual uh, range is much greater than a lot of people uh, you know, the standard people. Um, and so that you're able to see things like that. I think that could be a very, uh, positive thing, but also I think too, that, uh, there may be something going on that's, that's, that's more beyond that, uh, that, uh, they're, they're trying to tell you something and they're, they're giving you that ability to see them, uh, as oh. opposed to someone else. Uh, they're, they're, they're sending you a message.
2: Would that be why when I was two, the lady showed up like a Sleeping Beauty's Fairy godmother, yeah. or something not threatening?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that uh, this, this was a, a calming thing for you. You know, as you said, your parents were fighting and, you know, this was something that uh, gave you peace. And yeah. uh, uh, so that, that's positive. That's that's really great.
0: Yeah, I think you okay. just answered Diane's question here. Why do only some people see UFOs and others never do? So,
2: no, I think his answer was I should get a convertible again. I think.
0: That's <laughs> no, there you go. There yes. you go.
2: That's the answer.
0: Yeah. So, and uh, we'll do this uh, last one here from uh, Betty Langey, Betty's grand old folks. You feel more knowledge is available today than when you started?
1: I think so. I think so, yeah. I think based on the number of uh, books that have come out, like Catherine Martin's uh, Extraterrestrial Contact is a a good book. Uh, Gwen Farrell's come out with a book uh, about uh, forbidden questions. Uh, My book now, uh, The Unknown Other and the Existential Proposition of Alien Contact. I think, you know, we've gotten to the point where we... uh, uh, have talked about so many things, whether it's parks on the body hybridization process, the, uh, uh implants, uh, and, and, you know, the fact that we have, we have, uh, evidence from eons ago, you know, uh, uh, paleolithic uh, wall drawings of ufo craft and things of this nature that uh and and even in roman times they talk about you know these shining seal shields in the sky and things of that nature this has been going on for eons so that mm-hmm. part of it is is very much uh i think uh, beyond question uh, now the thing as far as the uh the abduction phenomena, you know, you look at books like uh, Dr. John Mack's book, Abduction, uh, you know, and and saying that, hey, these people do not have a psychopathology. And uh, one of the studies that we did, uh, Opus did, uh, in conjunction with MUFON in 2009, called the Omega-3 study, basically took 71 abductees and 51 people that were control group and we found that uh, these people did not have a psychopathology. They weren't fantasy prone. Uh, and they had some differences in their uh, temporal lobe activity versus the control group. And and so, uh, you know, there there's definitely evidence uh, of the fact that there is something going on. And I think... With these studies, as a matter of fact, I'm in the process right now of uh, finishing up the phase one of the omega four study uh, with a, a colleague of mine uh, by the name of Russ Russell Scalpone um, that was involved with the free study, uh, and uh, you know the, the fact that uh, we went out to therapists that work with. Uh, uh, these uh, uh, people that uh, have had contact with non-human intelligences and un- try to understand, you know, what their thoughts were and, and the modalities that they use to help these people. And that's what we ultimately want to do. We want to help these people yeah. having these experiences. And you can see all of this information on our website at opusnetwork.org. Um, and uh, it, it. I, I think you'll find it quite enlightening uh, if you take a look at that, and and it's in our document section on the site. If you look under uh, uh, the uh, document section, you'll you'll find that omega three study. Fantastic, so, cool. Yeah.
0: So yep, opusnetwork.org. We do have to wrap it up. Uh, one more plug for your book here, The Unknown <laughs> Other. Where can people find that?
1: Yeah, they can find that uh, by going to either our website, which is opusnetwork.org. Uh, and w- there's a picture of the book and you click on that. It'll take you right to Amazon. And it's also on Amazon. And uh, if you're a Kindle Prime, it's free. If it's just Kindle, it's $9.99. And the, the paperback is $20. Bucks. All right.
0: Fantastic. And all the proceeds,
1: all the proceeds go directly to Opus. I don't get a cent. <laughs> oh, great. Oh. Great.
0: <laughs> So you'd be supporting a fantastic organization. Yes. All right. So Les, thank you so much for coming on tonight. This was an absolutely fantastic conversation. So oh, thank, thank you, you so very much. much. I really you.
1: appreciate the opportunity to be with you guys. It's been a pleasure.
0: All right. You have a great fantastic. evening. I hope to uh, run into you one of these days and and sit down and you know buy you a cup of coffee, pick your brain a little bit.
1: That'd be great. Where are you looking?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, Cle- I'm, to I'm to in Texas. the Cleveland, Ohio area. I'm not in Texas. Yeah. Oh, come to okay. Texas.
1: So, and you're to in but i do
0: travel a lot so all right, all right. well <laughs> all i'm going right.
1: to the mufon symposium in denver so you oh know. great okay
2: oh you'll see katie then
0: yep yeah so all right <laughs> have a great night
2: hey you guys
1: too take care yeah. bye-bye, bye-bye.